what do you know? It's another episode of the Bullpen Bulletins podcast. I'm Vince B. I'm David Price. And yes, we're back after a long hiatus. And you'll hear happy more New about Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. You'll hear more about that in a few seconds. But that's right. We went down not long after Christmas, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think it was right before Christmas because we were talking to, to, to Rick Gordon. And was that during the week of Christmas? Yes, was it? you're right. It was before because I wanted more memory for my Mac and I got that for Christmas. Yay. Okay, long story short, where the hell were we? Well, I guess we were here. I guess just weren't out there. (laughs) It all started with the damned router. My kids were busting my chops. Daddy, we want to play on the internet. Blah 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 blah. So I have this crappy Belkin router. And if anybody who visits the forum regularly will will know this, that I solicited opinions on what type of router to get. I wanted a dependable, reliable workhorse of a router to just get them off my back, set them up, and let them have fun. So David said, hey, yo. (laughs) Did I say yo? You said, hey, yo. yo. Get a a D-Link. They're great. And so I went out, and I got a D-Link router. So here I am setting up my router. All of a sudden, bingo. My screen freezes. My mouse does, isn't moving, and then all of a sudden, it goes to black. And I said, okay, you know, let's just do it, do troubleshoot this thing. I rebooted. Everything was fine. About 10 minutes later, it did it again. And then, as I was trying to diagnose the nature of the problem, it started happening, happening more frequently. Same thing. Freeze up, fade to black. Freeze up, fade, fade to black. And I said, God damn, David Price and his freaking... <laughs> but... It wasn't David Price at all. I cracked open my machine, and the fan on my ATI Radeon, whatever, 9800, the fan went kablooey, which didn't cool the card, and the card heated up and locked, and it locked the operating system. So it was the my video card was crashing my system. So the thing has a three-year warranty. If anybody out there is considering getting a new video card, buy an ATI. Where can you get a three-year warranty on anything these days? And uh, and it's really stupid. You know, I'll, I'll praise them on one hand and I'll damn them on the other. They run the power cable for the fan through the heat sinks on the card. Now, uh, let's look at the first word of that term <laughs> heat sinks so the 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 heat sinks were touching the power cable for the fan and they melted it that's why the fan wasn't working so i mean it doesn't make too much sense to do that but i mean i guess they there's a reason why they do it i don't know so i sent the card back and it took a week or 10 days to, for them to fix it and here we are we're back and we missed a lot of stuff and damn it it this happened at the worst possible time we got a little bit of exposure from someone very close to my heart and we couldn't capitalize on it which that's the story of my life (laughs) you know on one hand we get a freebie and on the other hand somebody takes it away so what are you going to do but to um get into that a little further i really have to well not just i david too because he probably feels the same way i do and you'll hear from him in a second but i really have to thank maury hollowell for going above and beyond the call of duty and putting a screen grab from our humble little website in civil war number six i could not believe it when i saw no, it neither could i i wow and then, then twice you can see it twice i mean not only does not only does captain america 
check out the website because obviously you know he's got to stay up to date on the Marvel news. But that's right. Apparently, the Baxter Building is also wired into it. So it, it was, and it's a nice, clean shot of of, of our of our homepage. Just uh, you can see some news items on the left. You see the logo that, that that Vince worked on. It's 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 great. I thank you, Maury. I I. I I'm surprised I haven't bought dozens of issues yet to give out to my family. Um, my uh, actually, my LCS. When I went in to pick up the issue, I, I emailed him the day before and asked him if uh, if he had any extras because I'd like one or two because I'm sure I'll I'll be showing people and I did show a few people at work, but he um, he actually gave, gave me an extra one at no charge. So uh, so that's the one that 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 gets banged around and I keep in my bag so I can you know just show it if if. If the mood strikes, but uh, yeah, it was, what it a was difference great. between your local comic shop and mine. I I called up my guy and I said, uh, "Hey, uh, Marty tells me that we're in Civil War number six. and uh, he said, "Where?" And I said, "Our website should be on one of the monitors." He goes, "Uh, what's your website?" And I was like, <laughs> Thank, <laughs> "Thanks a lot." Oh, that's your website. I gotta go there a little bit more. I, I've been really lax, and which means he's never been there at all. But that's right. a, that's okay. I don't care. But I mean, he was really complimentary too. He's like, "How many people can say that?" Now you're right. I, I'm in, I'm in the Baxter Building. I, <laughs> other than Jack, who else has set foot in there of any import? Then you know we're in the Baxter Building. That's right. But isn't it cool that Cap had us on our screen? I mean, it could have been. In a Tony Stark setting, which would have been a bad thing. But, yeah, that's but, true. Yeah. But no. Unless he was reading one of Derek's posts. <laughs> so, yeah, Maury, God bless you. I love you so much, and thank you for doing that. And I'm not going to cut down on the praise in Maury Hollowell. And I didn't never did it because I wanted anything. I did it because he's the best. He really is. He, I mean, it, the coloring, especially, oh, especially in issue six. Just, I mean, you have... You, it starts off with, with Hank and, and Maria Hill. And I was just focusing in on some of the, some of the, some of the things going on in those pages and like just little things like, like the lipstick Maria Hill is wearing and, and, and the, the tone, the color, the different coloring and the tone of, of, of Hank's face mm-hmm. and I mean hair and, and shading and just, oh I, my I God. love the underside of that vehicle that Hercules is picking up. He he nailed that. The 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 texture in that and it's I mean you could feel the weight of that that sucker. And and when you think about it, McNiven's dropping lines down and Vines is just embellishing the lines. Maury is giving these things weight. He's he does really really solid remarkable work. It does. I mean and and just that that one image of the uh of the initial punch, the beatdown that that Cap gave to Frank Castle. I mean, not, not only was it illustrated beautifully, but I mean, you're, I mean, we can go further into it with the coloring. But I mean, just seeing Cap slug the Punisher, and that image right there is just there's a lot you feel in that image. But then as the beat down goes on, and then you can really see Maury shine because now Frank Castle's been beaten to a bloody pulp. Yeah, I and I actually felt bad for Frank in that sequence. Oh, I absolutely did. I, too. I really did. Especially if you read Punisher War Journal, where here he is looking up to Captain America and he's following orders and right, and then it's I, just 
I yeah. think Cap went a little too far. I think the stress and the strain. He of, might, yeah. Of, See, that's what I was just going to say. He might be feeling a little, you know, a little stressed. Yeah. I mean, yes, Frank did take two human lives, but regardless, they were scum and they were villains. He did kill two people, but I think that's just, they're both obsessed in their own way. It's just that Frank kills and there are certain situations when you have to do that and i don't think this was one of them but god you know it just hurts to see frank with his face all like a swollen mess pinned against the wall when have you ever seen frank in a compromising position like that he doesn't allow that oh yes and then you know not against you though it's three words it was it was a gut punch and really well done overall what'd you think of the issue I loved it. I mean, you know, I don't know if you have too many people, though, after reading some things online. I think this was an issue that either they didn't like issue five and they continue not to like issue six. People either really, really enjoyed issue six or they really, really didn't. I don't have too many people that are like, well, I like this, but I didn't like this. And from from the start where, you know, Hank is talking to Maria Hill, Hank Pym and Maria Hill, to the very end where Captain America tells them to close their eyes. One page after another, I I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't, there wasn't, you know, people might say there wasn't a lot of meat, but it moved the story along. We needed to get to where we got because I'm pretty sure issue seven is going to be a doozy. I mean, just judging from the cover alone. And and thank you, Cinch, for describing everybody that's on that cover. Um, Yeah, the green. (laughs) I I particularly like the, the green guy is one of my favorites. You know, that, that bald green guy. But, yeah, just kidding, Cinch. I, I love you. But uh, yeah, I thought this issue was really, really tight. It was very good. It moved at a nice clip. I totally expected the Hulkling revelation. I, I, in fact, I think somebody called it a while back. I expected it, but I was hoping that it was Nighthawk. That, oh, that was the mole? Yes, I was hoping it was Nighthawk. Because okay. he, you know, starting out in the Squadron Sinister, this is a guy that has been known to flip flop, and and besides, I like the character, and I think that he would, being a rich, pampered soul like Tony Stark, he would see the comparisons and realize that maybe he was not on the right side. I don't know. I just like Nighthawk. Oh, I love the uh, the anticlimactic uh, revelation of um, of Tigra. Where, where Captain America's like, oh, what, please, Tigra? Yeah, we've known for months. Yeah, and <laughs> the, let's just have a bullpen bulletin's resolution, one of many. That name will not be mentioned on this podcast again. Ti- Tigra, no. <laughs> the traitor bitch. A moratorium on Tigra. <laughs> not, not, not to Brian Salazar. Hey there, this is Rick Gordon from the Pop Cult Online. And when I'm not busy listening to my own dulcet tones, I'm listening to bullpen bulletins. Can you dig it? And I have a couple other thank yous, and I know you do too. Uh, I have to thank Pat Loika. He sent me a Christmas drawing of Planet Hulk, because Pat knows good stuff. And uh, it's really cool. It's a, an image of the Hulk, a full full bust of the Hulk, in color, and in, in the negative. He doesn't do anything else. And, and in the negative space, it says Hulk thinks happy thoughts, and there's a a green sandaled leg crushing Mister Fantastic and Iron Man's mask beneath his <laughs> his feet, and it says, uh, "Hey Vince, Merry Christmas, Pat." It's it's a nice nice little piece. It's great. 
So thank That's you, Pat. Cool. And I know you scan that in. I got to see it. I know you got one too, right? I got a really cool one with uh, with Scott Summers as as old school Slim Summer Cyclops from the John Byrne Paul Smith era, and um, and Jean Grey as Phoenix in uh, in her red costume. She's in the uh, she's in the forefront. Scott's behind her with the optic blasts blasting, and uh, it's it's a great image again in color because. Pat's a wizard markers, and um, it's it's really cool. It's it's standing up on uh, on my bookshelf behind. Uh, actually, you can see it between Captain Marvel and uh, the original heroes for higher Power Man and Iron Fist. There you go. Oh, I have power. Did you, you didn't know what I did with my Power Man and Iron Fist? Did you? Did you paint the pants? No, I have. Damn. I have Iron Fist all bent over, and and Luke's grabbing him from behind <laughs> nice i just i i have uh i have him standing almost back to back with uh with 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 luke's arm on uh on danny's shoulder and they're just uh, like trying to look all badass like as if you know it's a lethal weapon movie or something <laughs> see you took the high road i did and as usual renee renee looked at the power man figure and said that's leroy i remember him from some sitcom in the 70s i i did get one marvel legends figure for christmas it's the galactus diorama with oh i yeah. saw that with the the, the cover of uh, one of the ffs by yeah. burn with all the marvel heroes around them 243 oh, okay yeah um it's it's really neat but like i said on the on the forum the glory days of marvel figures are over those hasbro figures are not cutting it no but let's before we go in another direction actually though 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 they they do look nice from the lens of L. Dave. Oh yeah, everything. I I'd look good from the lens of. <laughs> well, that Dave. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you agreeing with me? Oh, why not? I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and another thank you goes out to Mr. Jefferson Workman. I think. Oh, yeah. I think we both got the same thing. The uh, Nobody Loves the Hulk CD single. Yes, by the the traits. traits. Yeah, and I like to share. So I've included it in this episode somewhere. You'll hear that. Nobody loves the hog. It's a cool little song. I think it was recorded in 60, maybe 69 or 70. It looks like 69 copyright Queen yeah. City Records. Good stuff. Oh, wow. I know where White Kegel is in New Rochelle, New York. There you go. Very cool. We um, won't sing along with it. We don't. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the, uh, the lyrics to ourselves for now. <laughs> and uh, I got a Christmas card from Darth Kramer and a bunch of people. Oh, I yeah. didn't. Oh, get out. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Well, you know, maybe because, you know, I'm Jewish, so maybe Christmas isn't. But, you know, we do celebrate Christmas in my house because even though even though friends gave me uh, Hanukkah presents at work, they stayed under the tree, or as I like to call it, the Hanukkah bush, until until Christmas Eve when, when Renee and I opened up all our presents. Because it is, she know, you know, we can, without getting into religion or anything, Hanukkah isn't really the gift-giving holiday. For Jews, it's that, that's not our big, our, our like Christmas is is a huge holiday for a lot of people. Hanukkah really doesn't relate to that. Our Passover is more or less our huge holiday; it's our big one. So she knows gift giving isn't the sole reason behind Hanukkah. So we, I wait to open up my presents until um until it's her holiday, and I, I have no problem with that. So, but that's uh, that's. That's cool. I'm 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 glad Matt sent you a a Christmas card. That's neat. I'll send him my I'll send him my my address. I will have it. He's a good man, Charlie Brown. Oh, he is. And and again, congratulations to to him and uh, and Mrs. Darth Kramer. And 
congratulations to Christopher Chris Neesman. And Marta. One of, yes, one of my most favorite people on the entire planet. Chris Neesman tied the knot. God bless him. He doesn't know what he's in for, but hey. Um, but congratulations, buddy. Big loves and, and hugs Absolutely. and all Renee that. And I send our best. Yeah, I would have sent money, but hey, he didn't send me his address, so. Oh, you know, I don't have it either. Good for you, Chris. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'd also like to thank the listeners for putting up with the bullshit and the delays and sticking with us and coming by the forum, even when there really you know, wasn't a new ep- episode to talk about. They, uh, they seemed to come in droves, and we got a, a big boost for Maury's generous uh, gift of Civil War number 6 and you know couldn't capitalize on it but it didn't really matter to some people and that's cool thank you very much I have to thank him just because I'm <clears throat> I'm I'm a little I'm more than a little surprised and I'm very flattered that you know people were that, that the listeners were even <laughs> wanted a new episode I mean you had yeah. Alan you had, you had Radioactive Man Mr. Mike Myers who you've heard on past episodes I mean yeah, everybody, Miguel and 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 Cinch and Mister Daryl, and yeah, you know, everybody has just been, and of course Michelle. And you can't big largeness, really. Yep. Uh, yes, Jefferson. I yeah. mean, you can't. There's nobody that uh, that I don't think came. I mean, everybody wanted to know when it was. I was getting PM'd. You know, yeah. what's the deal? The defense get the card. What's going? And and I just I I want to thank everybody. I really do appreciate anybody that you know was was uh was anxiously awaiting this you know i mean we're i'm 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 glad we're back i mean i can finally rest my arm because it's been i mean it's just been weeks and weeks of porn and i just i i don't have much else to do all the horror um <laughs> yeah and those who didn't we know who you are we got the names down but uh chris, speaking of chris neesman i was getting phone calls emails hey buddy what's going on where's the next episode yeah, chris is a he's a a one in a million guy. Listen to Around Comics if you don't already. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Oh! 
Speaking of having a lot of free time, I read a shitload of stuff during the break. Oh, did you read that issue of Batman? Oh, wait. Poop. (laughs) Um, I have a list. In addition to uh, Marvel stuff, I also read a lot of other comics. and (laughs) Non-Marvel stuff? Yes, and and the ones worth mentioning, I will. But uh, in short, just to... I mean, I don't want to talk about all of these. There's maybe one or two really, really exceptional books that, that... that stand out. Now I'll touch on those, but I read Annihilation number five, Astonishing nineteen, Daredevil ninety two. In fact, I read all of Brubaker's Daredevil. I'm totally caught up. Excellent. And that's what the book is. It's excellent. It, yes, it is. I, knowing now what I didn't know then, I I don't understand why I didn't jump on. But I'm there now, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, Exiles eighty nine, Immoral. Yeah, the Immoral Iron Fist. <laughs> That that's the porn version of it. Um, Did you see those seven pages? Oh, get My him! God. Get him on a regular book. Yes. Iron Fist number two, sixteen oh two FF number four, Ultimate Fantastic Four thirty seven, Ultimate Power. Ooh, that was good. Ultimate Power number three, Kill Me Now. <laughs> yeah, there, that is a crime against paper. X Men one ninety four, Frontline number nine, War Crimes one shot. Criminal number three, Fantastic Four five forty one. We'll talk about that in a second. Friendly Neighborhood fifteen, Casualties of War, New Avengers twenty six, Illuminati number one. Yikes, was that good? Oh yeah, that was so old school. It 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 felt like oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's so much story in one issue. Keep the it- only the only thing, and I wrote this on the forum. Only thing that would have made me. As 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 a hardcore geek, and not even, not, I'm not even looking at it as a continuity buff. But the only thing that would have made that issue better is if, in the intro page, they had a little blurb about. I mean, we know that it obviously takes place after the Kree Scroll War, but if they had said it takes place after issue of of '97 of Avengers and between Fantastic Four 118 and 119, and I, just little things like that, so this way people could go and look through the trades of the essentials or try to find those issues and be like, okay, this is exactly now I know where where, where they were when this issue of the Illuminati came out. Because next net now in issue two, they're jumping to the Infinity Gauntlet. These were comics from the '90s that you were able to get. Yeah, it, it's I'm actually looking forward to find out where exactly these six. Marvel characters, what they were doing, where they were, what they were planning while the Infinity Gauntlet was going on. Yeah. And the art. Good lord. <laughs> Jim Chung is a bastard. That <laughs> cover of Casualties of War. Yeah. Whether you got the Iron Man Victor or the Captain America Victory no, cover. No, I got the uh, Captain America one, thank God. So did I. Yes, yeah. me too. Maybe uh, 
the people Thank at you, Cameron. D- yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe DCBS <laughs> listens to the show. Uh, Sensational number thirty-three, Amazing Spider Girl number three, still one of the best books on the stands. I got the Dark Tower uh, sketchbook, which I felt was pretty pretty worthless. Well, that's why it was free. Yeah, uh, Exiles Annual number one, a complete turd. Oh, really? Yes. Horrible. Even Mike Norton couldn't save that book. <gasps> Fantastic for the end, number three. Ghost Rider, number six. Wolverine, 49, which was fantastic. X-Factor, 14. Agents of Atlas, number five. Beyond, number six. Let's talk about the Beyond for a second. Okay. Now, Mike Norton has expressed a little bit of dismay and sadness at the demise of Gravity. But I think he should be happy. Because uh, I'm I'm pretty convinced that this character is going to be even more popular in death than he ever was alive. Much like Captain Marvel, ironically enough. Because if they do what a lot of people think they're going to do and somehow use gravity or his energy or something involving gravity to bring Captain Marvel back, that's pretty ironic, don't you think? Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> I mean, as long as, um, as long as penance isn't involved, I'll be happy. I haven't got I haven't read Civil War Frontline number 10 yet so I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, good. <laughs> the less the less you know, the more I envy you. But Dwayne McDuffie knocked it out of the park with the Beyond. If you haven't read it, oh, yeah. definitely pick up the trade. It's and worth it. Was it was so it was so cool and actually not even a trade, it's going to be a hardcover I believe next Right. Month. You're right. You cannot you, you can tell and I hope I hope he uses the character I hope he makes an appearance in Fantastic Four. I hope something becomes of 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 this character because he, he created this version of Deathlock. Yep. And this was his baby back in the nineties when they re, when 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 they when they rebooted the character and Dennis Cowan it, on art. Yes. Great. And it was uh yeah, you go wrong with Duffy and Cowan anyway. There was out of all the, I mean, you had you had Hank Pym, you had the Wasp, you had Medusa, you had Gravity, you had the Hood, you had Venom, you had all these, all these characters that are that you that you know about, you know. And here's Deathlock, who you haven't seen in probably I don't know how many years, probably a decade, pretty much. And he's 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 been on this quote unquote battle world, and which makes sense. It does, yeah. It explains you know, why you haven't maybe seen him in ten years, <laughs> but. uh the way McDuffie just it might have been just slipping on a pair of comfortable jeans, I would imagine. I mean, he really, he, it's not like Deathlock was just a character in the background. You know, he just, okay, you know, I'll just right. use him when I can. He played a part in this in this story, and he's pretty much not Deathlock by the end of the issue, but I don't, and I hope, especially with McDuffie writing the Fantastic Four at Marvel, I hope it's not the last we see of Michael. Right. Well, coming back into it as he is from you know uh, a sabbatical of I don't know how many years you would think he would want people on his team that he knows inside and out and he does know Deathlock from working on the title you know back in the in the salad days I think it worked out really well I don't know if anybody had to go logically it would have been gravity to hold the thing together who else had the power to hold the damn thing together so he made the ultimate sacrifice for his uh, compatriots, and I think it was a damn good way to go out, much like Captain Marvel again. So it, it, we'll see where that goes. But uh, I don't think Mike Norton 
you should be a little uh, upset because uh, I think it was a very fitting and very classy way to take that character out. And he's going to be back. Come on, it's Marvel. He'll be back in some form. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Doctor Strange, The Oath, number three. Oh, good stuff. Essential Defenders, volume two. Incredible Hulk 101. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Irredeemable Ant-Man, number three. And Rain, number one. And I know Ultimate Vision, number one, two. And Uncanny X-Men, 41. Among other things, I read The Savage Dragon Archives, which is, you know, it's not often that I talk about non-Marvel work, but if there's any book that would be appreciated by a longtime Marvel reader, it's Savage Dragon. The character has one foot in the Bronze Age, one foot in the modern, and both hands are wrapped around a pair of 38 double Ds. Go ahead. (laughs) It is a fantastic book. Eric Larson does not get enough credit. If I had to pick 10 comic book artists... My all-time favorites, Eric Larson was, would be in there. The man is a master at what he does. And in black and white, you can see it perfectly. Every line is perfect. He, he, he works the brush like, like the best of the best. The stories are intriguing. They're fun. It, it's a book that doesn't... It's not ashamed to be a superhero book. It, it just he, Eric Larson, he knows what he likes. Women, sex, and superheroes. And that's basically what Savage Dragon is. Big explosions. Yes, it's a fantastic title. Pick up Savage Dragon Archives if you're at even the slightest bit curious as to why Eric Larson... No, never mind that. Pick, up, pick it up if, you're, if, if you look for bargains. How many pages is this, and it's for how much? Nineteen ninety nine. A little bit more expensive than the essentials, but it's... I think the paper might be a little different. Yeah, and it's a higher page count. I think it's like 600-plus pages... Because it's, um, what is it, the first, how many issues? It's it's the first. One through 21. And you get the, the original mini And the initial series. three issues. So, yeah. So 24, 24 books. It's fantastic stuff. Eric Larson, he, this guy was born to draw comics. Yeah, it, it, his layouts the, are impeccable. His women are gorgeous. And he's got that same knack for villains that Kirby and Ditko had. He knows how to design an interesting threatening just visually stunning villain and heroes pick it up it's amazing amazing stuff and i, I have not seen much of his work recently because I, I i'm not currently reading the savage dragon and i almost forgot how influenced by kirby he was and 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 trimpy is one of his favorite comic book artists and, mm-hmm. and trimpy trimpy made an name for himself on the hulk and you can definitely you can see that uh that that Larson loves his big green guys because he, right. he puts a lot of love into this character and it's 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 fun. It's I mean I remember I remember the first dozen or so issues. I didn't I, I didn't stick with it too too long after the first year. I didn't stick with much comics. It was it was around that time. But the um it'll be nice picking up where after I left off and there there were the the, the villains were wonky. The 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 supporting Skull. cast was yeah. was crazy. I love Skullface. He's my favorite. Oh, the... it, it's very violent. The Savage Dragon is really, oh god, yes, yeah. And and he makes no bones about sex and nudity too, which really startled me back in the day because I mean it was an image book and there was no comics code on it. But uh, the things he he got away with. I mean, later on in the series, there's you know the whole don't fuck with God thing. 
right with uh and and then there was the um horridus gains a little bit of a liking to 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 dragon and wakes him up in a very uh <laughs> that special way and it was like holy crap but uh yeah he's eric eric larson's very ballsy yeah god bless him keep doing it forever and ever i've been reading it since since day one and if you're curious as to what it is like now it's it's a lot looser than uh it used to be in the the original say first maybe 50 he's very tight with the pencils now right. now it's it's very there's it's very gesture like and it's very loose and he does his own lettering now Oh and really? Leopolis uh, isn't on it anymore. Yeah, he left, and I think that's the weak link in the book. It he's not the greatest letterer in the world, but he does the whole book now, so that's cool. But yeah, the lettering is a little, uh, it's a little off. Chris is very good, and you noticed it immediately when he left. But if that's the the only quibble I have with the title, there well, you go. That's nothing. Just fantastic book. It, it is my favorite non-Marvel book. This episode of Bullpen Bulletins is sponsored by the second annual New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con is bigger, better, and has double the space with more gaming and anime for 2007. Come to the Jacob Javits Center February 23rd to the 25th and experience the biggest pop culture event in New York City featuring comics, anime, manga, graphic novels, video games, trading card games, RPG, MMOs, toys, movies, TV, celebrities, and more. Guests of honor include Stan Lee, Jeff Smith, J. Michael Straczynski, and George Perez, with many more to be announced. For a complete list of guests, as well as show information, visit www.nycomiccon.com. Buy your tickets online now to ensure your spot for the 2007 show. Tickets are available now at a discounted rate for advanced purchases at www.nycomiccon.com. You can also book your travel arrangements online now on the travel page of the website. Don't miss out on the 2007 New York Comic Con. Visit our website to get all the information you need. That's, I read a ton as well. I read some real books, too. I read uh, the Subgenius Cyclopedia of Slack, Praise Bob. Um, I read some Robert Anton Wilson stuff because he, he died recently. And, you know, it's a shame, but I, I, I wanted to uh, read some more stuff of his I've just been I've been all over the place playing the 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 damn PSP. I I, I think I'm ranked number 44 on Ultimate Alliance. Oh, and speaking of Ultimate Alliance, isn't there something else you did? Yeah, I created a clan, but nobody seems to want to join it other than Daryl and me. And you, well, you're a given, man. <laughs> uh and and when my machine went down, I was sending messages to the website from the PSP, and if you've ever done that, what an exercise in futility that is. Okay. Just trying to, they were just really four word messages because just plinking out all those letters is a pain in the ass. But uh, you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, I've been playing Ultimate Alliance a lot. I'm going through the game through the, for the uh, third time now. I think my Captain America is like level 60 or, or 65. He, he's ridiculous. He, he doesn't even have to throw the shield now. He just looks at the, the Doombots and they fall. So it's pretty nice. cool. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a great game. But if you play Ultimate Alliance on the PSP or, or any of the uh, other platforms, join our clan. We'd like to have you. And the more people we get, maybe we can make something out of it. Maybe. And it's, in, it's called, what else? Bullpen Bulletins. Yes. 
So let's talk about Fantastic Four 541. Yeah, I guess I read that. No one's going to care about what I've been reading. The... Oh no, 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 no! Let's back up a little bit. I'm sorry. I just That's thought it okay. was. I just thought it was. What have you been reading? Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. I I read. I did read Daredevil ninety two. I read. Uh, I read Iron Fist uh, number two. I read Criminal number three, which was which was great. I mean, it's. I'm scared to read issue four because oh. I feel I I don't. First of all, go Leo for. Getting some. But secondly, I was going to say that too. <laughs> Scarred or not, I would definitely take a piece of that. <laughs> Go for Greta. Um, Delron makes me ill. I, I just I see him and I just I know bad things happen, yeah. and I'm I'm scared to find out what happens with Ivan now that he found that suitcase. <laughs> ah, so that, that 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 being said. I'm looking forward to Criminal Number Four, but I'm not looking forward to Criminal Number Four. Right, and Brubaker, uh, he's packing a lot of story into each issue. And and who? And first of all, Touch of Evil is a great movie. Renee and I have the DVD. We've watched it a couple of times. Once you get past Charlton Heston as a Mexican, it's a great movie. And how cool is it that Andy Parks wrote something about it in issue number three of Criminal? Yeah, very cool. More for your money. That's right. Yep. Damn it. I I mean I got. I got my DCBS the uh, at the end of the week, the first week in January. It came late because of the holiday, so um, I just I've been going through it and uh, I've been just reading everything in it and or trying to. I'm I'm still working my way through it. Um, I did read uh, is it criminal? I still have to get to the war crimes one shot and the. Um, casualties of war and the winter soldier winter kills although everybody's talking about it so i'm kind of like i'm putting it off because i just i want time to just go into it i don't just want to flip through it uh spider-man rain number one i read today that was phenomenal i thought it was great i i loved the little uh, first of all dedicated to seth fisher who left us way way too soon a little pun with one of the newscasters names i thought was great character's name was miller jansen that was cute um the art's fantastic you know it's the first issue so i really don't know how good of a writer carrie andrews is but we'll find out as the as the series goes on i really did enjoy this first issue it was it was dark but you know it it was it was also a peter parker story so you know how else you're gonna you know of course he's down on his luck it's the way we need it so and i i think he's a little bit uh i don't know whether it's alzheimer's or he's just playing crazy but i don't think peter's in his right mind no definitely not if you remember that scene where he's sitting in the kitchen yes and he's talking to mary jane and he and, wants her to say something and then they show him looking in another direction and i think he's still at the window well he's and then she's not there at the table anymore. Right, because now, now you're looking through the window at him, and obviously yeah. if she's not there to block it, then she wasn't there. I'm, I'm Right, I'm thinking MJ is... is uh, well, if, if you can tell by the cover... <laughs> I think she's pining for the fjords. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think the comparisons to Dark Knight Returns are very fair. And, and, not, and that's not to say that it's... That's not. I don't want to say if you like Dark Knight Returns, you'll like this. this it, it is a Spider-Man story, and it's it's the first issue, so it's laying the foundation. It's 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 a future that it's interesting as to how they got to where they are. I mean, it's it's New York, and things are a little different. Some, but you're going to recognize people that you've seen. People were mentioned that you know and love as far as the Spider-Man universe. Um, it's I'm I'm I'm. 
I'm on board for all four issues. I'm really yeah. looking forward to the second issues to see where he's taking it, especially after that last page. And that last page packs a punch, huh? huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but in all fairness, I think he had the deck stacked against him. As soon as you you put it, as soon as you do a future story or right. someone someone's aged, you got yeah. Of course, here's oh, it's Bruce yeah. Wayne. Frank Miller did that in the eighties. Yeah, so. you you've you've got like you said, an aged character. It's that same cloying claustrophobic, oh, it's, it's, and and the newscasters, you yeah, know, get some information from the news feeds, and and you know the Miller whole did that right, the whole fascistic kind of police state thing that's going on. It's yeah. it's very similar, but I I don't think it'll pan out in the same way. No, but we'll. I'm, I'll be around to find out. I yes. thought it was a, a fantastic issue, one of the best of yeah. the best from, yes. from from that box. The uh, proceed, young man. All righty, <laughs> Doctor Strange, the Oath number three. I'm glad we finally found out who Homeboy was that was flipping the coin. Yeah, and what a twist! You, you would think he was just, you know, not not only is he, and am, am I spoiling it? Should I bother? Should no, I just? Let, I mean, not let, only. Let's not, talk about comics. Not not only did. We find out that this person does have mystic ties as far as Stephen Strange goes, but he's also working with and for the pharmaceutical company. I did not see that coming at all from any direction whatsoever. Right. And that kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it grounds it a little bit more. Now we're back in reality, but it's like, you know, yeah, okay, we we know that Doctor Strange is, is a comic book about the master of the mystic arts you know it's all a lot of mumbo jumbo and the hoary hosts of hogarth and it's like <laughs> but now, now 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 here's a now here's a pharmaceutical company that wants to make sure that this cure for cancer doesn't come around because they'll go broke like the first issue it's real world yeah if if that was ever discovered in the in the world today if they haven't already you can be damn sure that they would never let that get out Oh, how many how many times have conspiracy theories said, "Oh, you know, there you know, there's a cure for cancer. You know, there's a cure for AIDS. The government just don't want to, you know, get it out." Yeah, well, there's not a cure for AIDS. It was cooked up in a government lab to begin with. But let's not go there. That's right. Um, let's, let's go back to. And, and I thought it was really neat how the eventual villain of the series will probably be played by David Bowie in the movie version. He's <laughs> got that the two different colored eyes going on. Yeah, it's very cool. And um, I think David Bowie has better hair than uh, Doctor well, Nicodemus, though. N- not better teeth, though. Um, <laughs> well, he's English. That's right. Uh, I, I think the series is chugging along wonderfully. It's it's great stuff. The art seemed to, God help me, even get better this issue. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more, especially the cover. A little bit more of the Ditko vibe going on. Um, and if Strange doesn't end up in bed with. Ms. Watson at the end of this, I'm going to, he's not the player I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, he's not as suave. He'll go back to Wong. Uh, Thank God his name's not Wang, huh? Oh, God. This is Doombot. Hey, guys, it's Tony. Uh, Just calling to say Happy New Year, and, um, I miss you. I need uh, I need to hear your voices again on my iPod. I haven't heard a show in a long time. A man has needs, and I'm certainly a man, and I have needs. So uh, looking forward to the next show, and and um, can't wait to see you guys and some fellow listeners at the New York Con next month. Bow, bow, chicka, bow, bow. Happy New Year from Doombot. Bow, bow. What else you got? <laughs> I got... Uh... 
Uh, Fantastic Four, the end number three. Dude, Alan Davis should just draw the thing. You look at Mike McCone drawing the thing in, in, in Fantastic Four, and even to some degree, Ringo. Mike, where Ringo, I don't think, got... You look well. To put it. What I'm trying to say is, if you look at an Alan Davis drawing of Ben Grimm as the thing, I'm looking at these issues. He's relaxing with with his wife. He, he's chilling at at by the water with Alicia with their kids, and then John Storm shows up with Silver Surfer, and they do it. And and you see you, you see the thing. You you can you almost feel the texture this is a character that's made of rocks and they're not smooth rocks they're not rocks that are connected they're they're, they're loose stone i mean they they they're separated stone on i mean he's made out of rock but it's this is the first time in a long time where i've seen him look rough he's not you know he's not smooth he's not a smooth character and davis drew him like I think he needs to be drawn. Yeah, he captures the the spirit and the personality of the character Kirby created, but he grounds. You still see him smiling. He, you, you see it's oh. it's grounded in that Alan Davis style, and that's pretty impossible when you think about it. it, it you look at that character and you say, "Oh, Alan Davis drew that," but when you get that progression from panel to panel to panel, the character kind of like acts in the way and gestures and just looks the, the facial features and, and the his mannerisms that's jack kirby's thing yeah. it, it's really hard to put a, a handle on it but god bless alan davis i <sighs> i and like you said i have never looked at an alan davis drawing and said man that uh that sheila hulk looks kind of wonky or, or that, <laughs> that you know that building in the background is is kind of like rendered a little too quickly he does everything to perfection I, I hate the man. The, 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 his talent, it seems like he knows no bounds. He's been doing it forever, and he doesn't seem to ever waver. It's just always superb work. Yeah. yeah. And the story, who would have thought that, quote, an artist could kick something out this complex and involved? It's, it's, it's great stuff. It is. It's going to make one hell of a collected edition. And he's got so many. I mean, it's not like it's just... You know, it's not like it's Wolverine the end or the Punisher the end, where it's just one character and you're kind of just seeing them go through this story. And it's not just the Fantastic Four. It's not like you just have Reed, Sue, John, or Johnny, and Ben. You have the the Fractured Four. You have the Inhumans. You have Avengers. You have... She-Hulk, you you have the Black Panther now. How about the, three? The cans on the She-Hulk. Doctor Strange. Oh my God. Yeah. On what? Whether she's up with Reed or down with T'Challa, it doesn't matter. She's just my damn. You bet. I don't think, but and what I really liked about it, not to interrupt you, but I probably did, was this could be a extrapolation on what happened in Earth X, not plot wise, but with the two the two sons of Ben Grimm. Remember in Earth X yet? Oh, okay. Well, he has two sons. One of them's named Jacob. And if you know your comics history, there was a man who who created the Marvel Universe way back when. His name was Jacob. Jacob Kurtzberg. That's right. So you can't go wrong with this book. Michelle likes it, so you know it's good. There you go. Yes. (laughs) And his daughter's name is Yancey, which is cute. Yep. Good old Yancey. (sighs) I hope her last name's not Street. And even Alicia is just oh, dropped. God. If that's my one criticism of Alan Davis's work, 
everyone's up the women. E- everyone's too oh, pretty. Yeah, they're they're the they're the perfect beings. Like even the villains. Like when he draws the mole man, he's he's ugly, but you know you just want to pinch his cheek. He's cute in a, in a, in a, in a weird kind of way. I don't know. Go ahead, go pinch him. <laughs> and uh, let's let's not slight Mark Farmer. Dude, you can't. I know. First of all, I have a, I have a thing for anchors, but I mean, I don't think there is a better matched pair. I mean, you could say Byrne and Austin, you could say Perez and Ordway, or or it doesn't matter. I don't, you know, Dear John, or actually Miller and Jansen. There's just there are a lot of there are a lot of teams that there are a lot of people that have worked well together, Ramita Jr. and and Al Williamson. It just it doesn't. There are a lot of good penciler and anchor teams, but I don't think anybody can put a. And the only people that might be close is Steve Rude and Gary Martin, but even then, Jack Kirby and Mike Royer. But go ahead. See, and I don't. Well, okay, and <laughs> see, and I, I kind of like Cinna on on Kirby, but oh, I, I yeah. you know, as long as it's not Coletta, I'm happy. But <laughs> I don't think anybody is a better team. Than Alan Davis and Mark Farmer. I right. mean, their lines are just beautiful together. The curves, the depth, and and and, and I was trying to explain, and I, I think I did explain it to, to to Dave, Citizen Dave, on the board. I was trying to explain why I dislike Mike Diodato's work, and it's 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 the way he renders characters and figures, and because it's it's so hard to explain. You know, I don't like his line. Well, does that mean you don't like his style? You don't like you know? It's it's hard to explain. Thing, things like this, but it's an artistic thing. So it's it, you're not going to be able to explain it really thoroughly or, or as clear as you'd want to. But when Farmer puts his inks over Davis's pencils, I just it, it, so few things are that beautiful. Right. And I don't know if you've heard this, but artists can be pretty picky, really uh, particular individuals. And when a person that invests as much effort into their work as Alan Davis, once he finds that inker that fleshes out his pencils the way he sees them in his head, he's going to keep them around. That's yes. why That's why the team has endured for so long, because he, he he's the, the complement. He's the perfect solution to his pencils. That's why. And, and he, I, Paul, I agree Paul Neary with was good. Paul yeah. Neary, Paul Neary did, did a good job with Alan Davis. I think Farmer does a better job. I like Neary on Brian Hitch. I think those two on the Ultimates has been phenomenal each and every issue. That's a good team. That's a team that I'd like to stick together, but yeah. there is nobody that I would want to see on, on, on Alan Davis than Mark Farmer. Right. Neary can be a little messy, but it's a it's a controlled messiness. But again, yeah, it depends on what the... Because, I mean, has there ever been a clean looking issue of Ultimates? I mean, have they no. ever been somewhere where, you know, oh, look, everything's nice and shiny. I mean, yeah. except maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. or Stark's Tower, but... Yeah, and you wouldn't want that on Alan Davis. You need somebody who's going to do those lines justice. And yes, uh, Farmer's the man. So uh, absolutely, there you go. What else? Hi, everybody. This is Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. We'd like to tell you all about our latest and funniest picture for Paramount. Of course, you mean the Caddy. Oh, but of course, you know, Jerry. I don't remember the last time I had so much fun making a picture. Boy, I'll say. How about that scene when I wrecked the department store that I'm working in? <laughs> And what about the scene when I come home and find a strange, and I do mean strange, man in my bed? And it turns out to be you. Tell him about the terrific game of golf I play. Go on, tell him. Terrific. I've never seen golf played that way before. 
Crazy, man, crazy. I hate to brag, folks, but I think the caddy is the funniest picture we've made. No kidding, it's got 90 riotous minutes of howls, gags, fun, and more heartwarming entertainment than you and the family ever saw. You'll love Jerry and me and the caddy. Take my word for it, the caddy is the most hilarious picture we've ever made. Come on and join the fun. See Paramount's the caddy. Yeah, the caddy. Is that all right, you cocksucker? How was that, you shitheel? Without reading it? I'm with you. Okay. Next, you still rolling? Still rolling? All right, start. You can cut that bit out. I will. Okay. I read the second issue of Blade, and it's it's a done-in-one series, each issue so far. I, I read the first two. Three and four I'm reading next now that I'm done with Rain. Um, the second issue was great. It, it, it featured Dr. Doom. It was a time travel story, but not your traditional time, time travel, time travel story. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Wine. Actually, it's funny. Last week, actually, I believe on Monday's episode of Around Comics, the uh, 68, John Suntress mentioned Blade as his top of the stack. And he said that he thinks this is Shaken's best modern work is on this title and I agree with him because I also received Guy Gardner collateral damage and first of all I won't even get into the whole why is this in the prestige Dark Knight format I don't how about why is it in your box but (laughs) (laughs) because it's it's (laughs) no no, because it was DCBS and it's cheap the (laughs) the, again this is the reason why annuals are invented bring back Green Lantern quarterly core quarterly if, if, if you want to do stories like this um, there was no need for it to be in this format first of all but secondly it's it's not shake, it's hard to look at Howard Shaking Art without Ken Brusnack on letters to begin with but Guy Gardner not pretty not not a book that you want to go oh this looks good Blade looks great it looks like you can tell it's Howard Shaken but it's it's a matured Howard Shaking from his American flag and his shadow and his Blackhawks days. It's it kind of it's a little reminiscent to Black Kiss, where it's kind of that I don't want to say dark, but it's it's it reminds me of that that style because I, I didn't read the series, the entire series, but I've seen some of the issues and the Blade series just looks great and it's written really well. Guggenheim, yeah, has blown me away and and you know. You and I were talking about this on the CGS boards maybe almost a year ago when when we first found out that Guggenheim was going to write Wolverine and he he was actually going to write the Vendetta storyline, which was going to be a tie-in to Civil War. And I said, who the hell's Mark Guggenheim? And then I found out that his credentials are for CSI. And I had no idea. You know, again, who the hell is this guy to write? to not just write comic books but to write Wolverine Guggenheim has has blown me away and he's he did a hell of a job on Wolverine I'm enjoying what he's doing on Blade I'm looking forward to getting next month's to getting my January box from from DCBS because Squadron Supreme Hyperion versus Nighthawk is going to be in it (laughs) and I'm interested to see him work these characters in this universe um I'll concentrate on the word balloons because I'm kind of scared to see the Galaxiar work, and yeah. I'm I'm this this close to picking up Flash when he writes it because I'm enjoying his writing so much that I may buy a book where the main character is Bart Allen. So 
we're going to have to talk a little bit off air, buddy. <laughs> Either that or I'll live vicariously through Tom Caters, and I'll just let him buy it, and I'll get the fix from him. But right. I, I'm enjoying Guggenheim. I, I buy Blade. It's it's fun. Um, I read the new Avengers Illuminati. That was that we already talked about. That that was great. Yeah. Some of the non-Marvel books that I read, uh, I read the first three issues of The Damned this weekend because number three came in, um, came in the DCBS box, so I figured it was about time I read the first two issues along with it. This was great. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to Eddie by the end of issue five, but I hope Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt continue this universe, this series, these gangsters, these demons. This is, this was a fun fun book it's freaky as hell and the art while it's cartoony to a degree it fits the story um there's just there's there's very little pretty in it but it's it just it reads great and it's it's just an all around great book by the damned um yeah I, I agree with you I think it's a really really special book good stuff Colin Bunn yes yeah he's <laughs> another one of those guys we didn't know him before last year, and now it seems like... Now, dude, I'm sitting on the couch next to him at Wizard World Chicago. How I cool know. was that? Yeah. That um, was a great night, man. Yep. And, Good and people. And he's got a really, really wicked, disturbing sense of humor, and I just click with people like that. Yeah. I, I, I think the guy's great. And you're you're right. Brian Hurt, just fantastic stuff. And And they're recording the interview this Friday on around comics so next Thursday you'll be able to hear the interview with 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 Colin Bunn so yeah listen to that check out the damn listen to the interview I also read um I read Stormwatch PhD Posthuman Division which is is fun I'm enjoying it I don't know much about the Stormwatch teams Stormwatch Prime Stormwatch whoever but Christos Gage is doing a nice job of, of just telling a story and these are some of the characters and it's it's been fun so far um, first issue set up set up a nice foundation like we've said before with most first issues that we've been coming across and um, and Doug Mackey's artwork a little different a little more um, Simon Bisley-esque than his uh, than his days from with Dark Horse on the mask and um, I think he's made a major bummer made a deal with the devil because his art is fantastic. Yeah. You you bought Frankenstein, right? No. Oh, I did not. Get I did not. Get your hands on that. It looks just like the Stormwatch stuff. Ooh. And infinitely detailed and just disturbing. And he, even, and, he even had a run on Superman or was it Action Comics, but he, you know, you don't give you don't give your flagship character to to just somebody that, yeah, you know, just go ahead and do this. He had a run on JLA. Yes, he did. Um from those other guys from those other guys yeah. and and uh, Midnighter number two which was kind of freaky because um, I love Chris Sprouse can't get enough Chris Sprouse so I, I and, and I'm trying to uh, oh I'm in I'm, I'm not quite halfway through New X-Men on the bus um, <laughs> this, this is not this is not exactly the kind of book you're supposed to read before you go to bed I, I've been reading it as as when I'm ready to not not when I'm ready to not off, but as I'm you know I'm winding down, TV's on in the background, and I'm just I figure let me read some comics and hell it's a collected edition. There's no better way to read a bunch of comics than in this format. But this is not light reading. This is not something you can breeze through. It's 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 chunky. It's just there's just so much. And Morrison did a great job, and 
I, I remember the X-Men when Claremont was writing it and it was drawn by Byrne and then Paul Smith and, and of course Dave Cockrum and then John Romita took over the art chores and you had like just a few revolving artists the, the Mutant Massacre with, with the Alan Davis art and I, I remember Claremont writing these characters that I that I enjoyed reading and we've said that Astonishing X-Men makes me feel this way again you know these are the X-Men that I that I like to read about and I'm like okay yeah fine Grant Morrison wrote the X-Men okay big whoop and I didn't know anything about this storyline or, or his his entire run on the book I never really got into the whole Emma Frost is a good guy deal so I'm not really feeling her Astonishing X-Men as, as part of the team but now that I've read the first couple issues of, of the new X-Men Omnibus I, I, I can understand what Miguel's saying I can understand what a lot of the guys on the forum are saying where you know no it's it's Emma you know, it's it's she she's good people, and I'm starting to get that. And I I do, I am enjoying it. I'm glad I bought it. I'm glad I'm going to continue to read it. I think it's time for me to um step back from it for a little bit. Uh, I think I'm going to take a day or two and 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 read something else. Maybe I'll crack open the Savage Dragon archives and just you know use some junk food on my brain. That's a good idea. But uh, it's 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 really good stuff, and yeah. and and I'm. I've just I'm having a fun time. I mean, that's the one, at least maybe for us. And I don't want anybody to take this in the wrong way, but that might be the only good thing that happened with us being out of commission as far as the podcast goes. Is we were able to catch up on some reading. Read a lot of stuff. Yep. I'm I'm trying to get through Cavalier and Clay again. I I, I get to the second chapter. I, I've picked it up a few times over the past couple of years, and I I just. I get to the second chapter and I put it down and I never pick it back up again. It just it kind of loses me when 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 we're back in Germany with 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 Joseph's family and I'm I'm reading again and I'm trying to get through it and there's times for me at work where I can sit down and read it. So I'm just I'm not forcing myself, but I'm kind of just okay. I can do this and I'm hoping that once I get get past another couple of chapters that it'll start picking up steam and then I won't be able to put it down. So um, that, that's that's the big boy book I'm reading right now. I totally agree with you on New X-Men. It's it's uh, just as good as Ayahuasca and it's legal. Uh, <laughs> you will your toes will be curled back when you get to the last arc. I, I know it wasn't really all that well received when it originally came out but in in retrospect to the other stuff it makes perfect sense but it's a it's a it's a mind uh twister it's just totally unexpected you'll love it and um what we were saying before about the the artists quietly amazing and igor corday's just superb at what he does and we were you were saying that uh you you felt it was a little bit of a slip between it was the, jarring yeah i mean it's it is you're right I'm not, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say anything negative about any artist. I mean, hell, they're, they're doing what I wish I could do. And as much as I don't like Mike Diodato's artwork, I can understand his appeal. And, you know, that, that's fine. He's not my cup of tea. Cordae's a little different where I just, I'm sure that on its own, or if, if he was given a storyline to run with, like, like in Cable, I've heard his Cable work is, is great. Gorgeous. Um, you know, it, it might be different if if it wasn't part of 
if he wasn't picking up like the second two chapters of a storyline started by Frank Quietly or even or even Ethan Van Skiver, who it depends on who's on the page that Van Skiver is drawing because or Van Skiver. Um because some of his pages are like mm, I'm not really uh that Cyclops looks a little off. I don't know what's up with the beast, but then he'll draw Emma and it's like a god. You know, I just it takes me an extra minute to get past that page. Yeah. But you can't it, it's hard to go from Frank quietly to Corday. I mean or even even vice versa. I mean Igor Corday does his chapter and then the next chapter is Frank Quietly issue and it's just like I mean it's it is night and day it's obvious it's night and day I know Frank Quietly's not the quickest draw and uh-huh. he's he's <laughs> not you know he, he's I think he's one of the best Superman artists but even then they know that hey this isn't going to be a monthly book we're not even going to try it and I and and I think it's great that Marvel was putting out a monthly book they said you know it's got to come out every month it came out every month. They had fill-in artists that weren't slackers. It wasn't like they just got someone from the bullpen. They gave it to somebody that, you know, Van Skyver's art looks good. But it, again, it's just when, when I, when I look at it with the other, because I, I, I'm flipping through, um, I'm just thumbing through the back few pages or, or, or the past few issues later on in the book. Yeah, don't do that. And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm trying not to. But I just I wanted to see, okay, you know, we already had because I think there's a fourth artist already. It's after the Cassandra Nova story and, and the next chapter starts off and I think it's 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 artist number four. And it's um I know Tom Durenick pitched in and helped out. That that might be his that there might I might be up to him then because um but then I noticed I'm like, Wow, when 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 did the Teen Titans appear in this, but then I realized it was it was Phil Jimenez. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, Jimenez is drawing the X Men," which was neat. But I mean, I, and I'm not, I'm just flipping through it to see, you know, whose line I recognize. I'm not trying to focus on anything going on in the story because I don't want anything ruined for me. But um, no, but the, the, in all fairness, it's it's just it's it's a little drawing. You're right. I mean, it's the, the Corday art is nice. I mean, I, I wasn't thrilled with his with his version of Beast or Angel. Or uh, even Gene looked a little. I mean, you know, it, it was a different style altogether. Did, did you I'm, get to again, uh, Phantom X yet? I don't think so. Cool. That that's when it really kicks into high gear. Uh, the last the last issue, they uh, Emma and the Stepford Cuckoos tricked Cassandra Nova from leaving ah. Xavier's body right into her own, but it was actually stuff. And and that's that's the last issue that I read. Then I then I got to the next issue, and then I just I believe it. I noticed it was a new arc, so I says, "All right, time for me to go to bed. I'll yeah. put this down and I'll 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 come back to it." But I think it might be a good time to, like I said, step away from it for a few days, and uh, and then I'll go back to it after uh, and after I absorb something else. We're gonna jump into that big time when all is said and done. Okay. So I'm sure that's a, it's just a. Uh, a very involved series, and I don't—I don't see us getting through that in uh, one episode. <laughs> no, no. But no. Uh, for me, uh, Van Skyver is definitely the weak link of that group. I, I, really? Yes, I—I uh, I, I recognize his talent, but all I can say is his style—it leaves me cold. Um, 
quietly is a master of 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 shapes. He makes. I love his cyclops. He, he makes very interesting shapes. Whereas on the flip side, you get Corday, who makes really interesting lines. And so it's like night and day. You, you really, you're right. You, you can't, you can't put a Corday after a quietly and not expect anybody to notice because they're, they're uh, polar opposites. But uh, I, I love Corday stuff, and uh, the story. Not to, I won't give anything away that you haven't read yet. But uh, you have only scratched the surface of what goes on in that thing. I believe it because even even. Even things that I thought might have been a throwaway mention oh. in the in the annual, because uh, after the first, I think two or three issues, they go right into um, the annual from I think two thousand one. And th- right, and that's what which was widescreen. It, it amazed me because the annual is the whole story. The a- there are things in the annual that trail through that entire series. Mm-hmm. And as far as from from a business standpoint, that's crazy. That's like suicide. An- annuals used to be throwaway stories. Yeah, it, it, and little you as right. an artist on an annual. Come on, I love the part where uh, with the the uh, banter between Wolverine and Domino. Hey, what do you say after this job? Which <laughs> I would expect Logan to say that, and I would expect and, her to agree. And it, and then uh, and Emma said that uh, she's fine. She doesn't need help getting up, so he can take her. He can take his hand off her left buttock. Yep. <laughs> and and as far as you're concerned, I, I, you must love the way quietly draws uh, Scott. Oh God, yeah, he, his Cyclops is amazing. Yeah. I just some of the times I, I was like, is that Lurch <laughs> <laughs> or or Rick Akasiak from the cars? Well, it was it was it, he he does. I mean, it, it, the dude is slim. Yep. and it, he looks you and know, big. Gone are the days of of millions of buckles and pouches and and big buff. Scott Summers, which and, is good. Yes, it is. Yeah, and um, you know, um, and, and he's got the the, the short, close cropped hair, and and he, um, I did read the one line where uh, where Gene asks him if um, if he slept with Emma while they were in in uh, was it Korea and um, or China, and and he said, uh, no, she kept me up all night. And I'm like, no, I that that's not. They they talk. They had to do something. That 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 can't be what I think it means because it's it's Scott and it's Gene and and there's just no way. And but um, oh, I envy you. <laughs> You're so naive. It, it, the wait. That's all I can say is wait. Let, let's move on. Let's move on okay. before before I say something that's going to spoil it for you. Okay. Uh, this is Dean Martin. And Jerry Lewis asking you to see our newest and funniest picture to date. Of course, you mean the caddy. You bet I do. The caddy is filled with 90 hilarious minutes of howls, gags, fun, and heartwarming entertainment that the entire family will enjoy. Crazy, man, crazy. No doubt about it, Dean. This is the funniest picture we've ever made. No kidding, folks. We're sensational. Take my word for it. Come on and join the fun. See Paramount's the caddy. Yeah. It'll make you shit. <laughs> Cut out, make. <laughs> Did you read Fantastic Four five forty one? Oh, that that filler issue with, with the thing? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, let's do a point counterpoint. You you obviously didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I okay. What I 
it's it's Mike McCone art, so that's a that's a pro. That that's a con right there. Um, I did not think it needed. Um, I'm getting it out right now. Oh, you know what? Damn it! I also read. I read Amazing 537, Punisher War Journal number two, Captain America 24, and The Boys number six. Okay. The Boys is great. People need to read The Boys. But, okay. Fantastic Four 541. The McCone artwork is great. I'm not real thrilled with his thing and his huge brow, but... Um, we could not be more different. Continue. Well, this one on page, uh, is it page four? It looks like he's got a mushroom for a head. Yeah. At the top panel. Yep. Um, if you lick him, you get high. <laughs> Lord knows what else. The, um, I just, I mean, the whole thing with the, it taking place in Paris and, and look, it's the, it's, it's Justice League Europe and it was, I, it, you know, yeah, there's a civil war going on and thankfully Ben mentioned it. But it almost, you know, flipping through it real quick the way I'm doing right now, it's like, it, it's almost like it's a Giffen and DeMatteis story of the Justice League from their heyday. Okay. And, and it's, and, and the last issue with the, I got a feeling it's going to be a wonderful relationship. It's like, okay, great. Well, I mean, you can stay in Paris, you can be there for a while. And some of the jokes were just off. It, I, I, I really do. I feel out of, not only out of, JMS's Fantastic Four run, do I feel it? This is a low point. But as far as the Fantastic Four tie-ins to Civil War, I think this was the absolute worst. They haven't all been great, but I think as far as the Civil War tie-in that JMS has written for the Fantastic Four, this one blows chunks. It was like, it was like JMS was like, hey, you know what? Civil War's late. Instead of doing anything more about Reed and Sue's relationship or Johnny in a coma or this, that, and the other, let us let me do a story about Ben because obviously he's going overseas. And, and as we did, he figured, you know what? It, it's going to be a while before anybody catches up on the main Civil War story. Let me just give him this. It's a Fantastic Four comic book. It's got the Civil War tie-in, and, and here's Ben in, in Paris. <laughs> oh, see, we, we, every, every point... We, we we differ. I am not a big fan of McCone's art. I as we as I've said before, I I don't think he's the right guy for this title. He may not. Okay, all right. He may not be the right guy for Fantastic Four, but I his characters are great. I I loved him on Punisher War Journal. I loved him in um, on, on actually I'm sorry Punisher War Zone. There was a great Frank Castle story he did in that. Um, I enjoyed his work on Legion. I enjoyed his filling issues when he did the Justice League or he did some of the annuals. I've always been a Mike McCone fan, right? And his team—I think he does good work. Oh, his Teen Titans were great. Yeah, it was, re- and it's, and it, that's why I'm saying this because how outstanding his Teen Titans was. This does not even look like the same artist to me. So, wow. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I can tell it's Mike McCone. So, okay. All yeah, right. but as far as the storyline, I, I think that this issue was the eye in the in the. In the hurricane, it's the shitstorm of civil war. This was the, the the issue that says, you know what? We need a little bit of a break, even though it says civil war on the front cover, it, and and it does tie into it by showing what Ben's doing, and he's he's turning his back to the whole on the cover. He's turning his back to the whole, mm-hmm. you know, thing that's going on. And my reaction is the same as Ben's when he's sitting there eating with the the. Uh, the heroes of France, 
And and he says, this freaking civil war, you know, enough. The civil war is being crammed down our throats. I, I just appreciated this issue because it was a welcome change. You know, uh, I, I thought the whole takeoff on the Justice League was great. The uh, the night count and the blue light, just you know, it's obviously <laughs> it, it, they're obviously the Justice League. I, I laughed out loud when he screamed, "It's clobbering time!" in French. It it was so it's so <laughs> stupid, yet it, it, this book hit me just like Amazing Spider Girl. And Avengers Next, it was fun. It it, it was lighthearted to a point. Um, it, I thought it was very fitting that on Ben's first solo mission, he fought a subterranean villain. Yes, Much, of course. In, yeah. It, for my money, I thought this was one of the better issues from the month. I just... See, and, and when I say Phil, I mean, this would have been a great backup story for an annual or something. You know, hey... After, you know, even it, whether it's wild civil wars, this this would have been great in choosing sides. You know, eight pages. We didn't need twenty-two of it. It would have been nice if I wish it was forty-eight. <laughs> I know you do. It would have been nice if you know if there was an annual this year, and you know one of the backup pit stories in it was, hey, this is what the thing did when he got to to Europe. And okay, great. You know, instead of because not only. Because it's got the Civil War banner on it. I mean, granted, you know, I may not want to have it crammed down my throat every single issue, but we read 540 and Sue left, and that tied into Civil War number five, where Johnny hops in his hot rod with Sue, and off they go. And then Ben says in issue 540 to read, oh, Sue left, and she ain't coming back, or it was that kind of fight. And then he's on his way to the airport, and he's got the whole deal with the cabbie. And then it's like, it's just, it was like 180, and it really just, it threw me for a loop. I mean, aside from it, it's not what I was expecting. It just, this the story just didn't feel right. And it's like, it, it's like it's a bad JMS story and a weak Giffen de Matea story. If, if they wrote it, I might enjoy it more. But they didn't. He did. And I just, I'm not feeling it as, 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 it's not. It wasn't the high point he could have went out on for the Fantastic Four. Okay, uh, duly noted. I, yeah, I, I think it's JMS flipping the bird to all the tight asses. Not that I'm calling anybody who didn't like this issue a tight ass. Uh, that are just it. Half every comic has to be a weighty, continuity laden, uh, important in quotes comic. It's a, just a fun comic it was it was a nice little diversion uh, uh, a little bit of a romp the jokes in it were funny if you compare it to giffen and dematteis's justice league it, yeah, it has the same flavor as that uh i i personally think it was as good as that uh, stuff it's just you know it, it's not every issue does not have to be the the world shattering tie-in issue i that's i i didn't expect much and I got more than what I expected. So, yeah, okay. I see how we're both, which is cool because you can appreciate things that I don't. And I kind of, well, I, I, I appreciate where you're coming from. But it's, I, uh, I, I, I wish I read your issue of 541 then. I, I wish comics, there were more comics like this every month. They, you do? Yes. I, I wish comics were fun again. Oh, I do too. Yeah. And, oh, uh, I really do. And come on, this issue had captions. 
There's there's yeah, a lot of in in the double page thing with the there's uh, and the, the the one cute part was um was when the um the villain was uh, did this all for for love. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's that's just ridiculous. But it, it's it's fun in in the context that it's presented in. It's it's. I mean, he he looks ridiculous. He's got that goofy thing on his head, and Ben's just yeah, like hell, Caesar. And 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 the, the you know Ben's like this could be really cool. I could get into this, and, and I could too. I'm with you, Ben. <laughs> well, maybe maybe there'll be a bunch of backup stories of of Ben Grimm and the and the f- fearful French friends. And and you you know damn well that if Sal. Brian Salazar's listening to this. He's rolling his eyes right now at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that 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 confused Vince B. <laughs> uh, I know. You ready? He ain't doing a fucking thing. He's just standing there. Now, this is Dean Martin. And Jerry Lewis with him. We will save and fail, you cocksuckers. <laughs> Okay, little bit change of plans here. We originally intended to run a recording we had made with Kevin Moyer from CGS and Rick Gordon from the Pop Cult Online concerning a Marvel 101 rundown. We got a um, an email message from I am Hannah, who's not all that well versed in the Marvel universe, and she wanted to know what are some of the uh, must reads, some good starting points, etc. And so we did a little bit of a rundown, but as things happen on bullpen bulletins, uh, we were plagued with Skype problems. We lost Kevin a bunch of times, we lost Rick a few times, the audio quality was poop, and to top it off, Kevin was having problems with his router, so he was dropping left and right. But we did get manage to get a good hour and some odd minutes out of it, and we're calling that part one. We were going to run that tonight, but uh, since it's our first episode back after a little bit, and we may have a, a new listener or two out there joining us, we decided let's make this one a little bit on the short side. Uh, pretty much, Miguel will be happy. Who? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walk right into it. yeah, make this episode a little bit easier to digest and and basically encapsulate everything that is bullpen bulletins. Uh, not that that would take any kind of effort, but you know. So this is if you're joining us for the first time, this is pretty much how it is all the time. Uh, David and I uh, just like to kick back and we'll bring on our friends from the forum to join us and I extend that to any of our new listeners as well if you like what you hear and you would like to join us we do this little Skype thing where you know send us your Skype username and you can join us and talk about comics on the podcast with us yeah there's there's a thread on the forum that says Skype me and you can add your Skype name Skype handle Skype ID to that thread and uh, and add some of the other listeners and forum members on the um, that are listed there as well you can add them to your contact list and like you were just saying Vince about this is you know this is basically how it is and 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 we do say you know we say that we're a celebration of all things marvel and you can take each of those you can take each of the words in that in that phrase and you know, we talk about marvel we love marvel you know whatever the naysayers may want to say about about the company or whatever's going on with their you know, a certain big event right now, and and you know, 
that's fine. We're still enjoying what we're reading. A lot of other people are as well, so you can't poo-poo on everybody's parade. But the other the other um, key word in that phrase is celebration. And when we all get together, when we have the guys come in with Skype, and and we just we do we're we're, we're just it, to me it's like a big party. We're always celebrating something, no matter what we're talking about. We're having fun doing it. We're having fun with the other people on it, and we just I kind I hope that that comes across. I want people to enjoy listening to us. And, you know, if they learn something great, if they laugh, super. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm having fun doing this, and it is a celebration to me in that regard. That's the truth. We like to have fun. If it's not fun, then why bother doing it? That's just, you go. that's my opinion on the whole thing. But um, you may be asking yourself, what in the hell are those little um, bumper segments? They don't make sense. They, they have nothing to do with comics, most of them. Uh, what's the deal? Well... That's just my personality coming through. I pick those things at usually at random from a. I have a huge audio library of esoteric and just plain wacky stuff, and I like to drop those things in not only to break up the conversations but to get a big picture of David and I. This is what we're like. This is what we enjoy. If you hear these bumpers and you get a feel for them, and you you know they're. They're mostly off the wall, and a lot of times they're very disturbing and and just crazy. That's who we are. So uh, I've been getting a lot of emails and and personal messages. You know, Vince, what is with those bumpers? That's just me, you know. (laughs) I like to have fun with it. And uh, if I can make you guys laugh with a a two- or three-minute audio clip, I'm going to stick it in. I <laughs> yeah I I, about the audio. I I never turn away from a chance to stick it in so that's that's who we are that's have fun with them if you if you're like our Canadian brother uh, just uh, forward over them you know you don't have to listen to them <laughs> but uh, they're just another uh, part of the bullpen bulletins experience I guess you can call it and that's why they're in there and uh, wait until you hear the intro on this episode it is wacky. Well, by now they already have. Well, I mean you, because I know. Oh, me. Okay. Yeah, you haven't heard it yet. It's it's. I would subtitle that Vince's frustration at not being able to put out a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. But um, do we have any business we should cover before we move on? Oh, let's see. It's it's a new year for people that um, maybe a new listener. Um, You can head on over to the website bullpenbulletinspodcast dot com and go through the menu on the website over there on the left and we'd love it if you uh if you added yourself to the to the frapper map you go to uh the r space portion of the uh, of the menu and the first thing there is frapper map click on that pop in your um your city your state your zip code and uh leave a message and actually if you want to participate in the bullpen bulletins co-op you will need to add yourself to the frapper map the co-op is uh is something that was cooked up by uh a few people on the forum like uh like Miguel and uh I believe it's actually might be Miguel's baby from what I understand and basically Miguel had the great idea of if you if he's got a list he's got a list of a bunch of hardcovers that Marvel's put out over the years pick two pick two on that list and Miguel's going to tabulate everything and basically what's going to happen is he's going to order one of the hardcovers, and it's going to make its way across the country or across the globe because Miguel's in Portugal, and I think um, 
we have a couple of people that are interested as far as Europe and uh, and England. So add yourself to the Frapper map. Find out which hardcover you'd like to read. You get a you get about two weeks to read the uh, the book, and then you send it on down to the next person on the list that's supposed to get it. If you want to sign it, you want to doodle in it, feel free. There's uh, all the information's on the um, on the thread. But I think it's a great idea because if 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 you're itching to read Supreme Power or an early ish, um, one of the hardcovers of Spider Man or The Punisher or The Incredible Hulk or anything like that you don't feel like spending the money on the hardcover but you want to read it, you're not sure about it sign yourself up on that list get the book, take a couple of weeks to read it send it on down to someone else the person who buys it has, uh, you know, basically he or she decides to what they want to do with it when it's done making the rounds but I think, I thought that was really cool when uh, when Miguel sent me the uh, the post and asked me if uh if we'd be cool with this, I thought that that was a great idea, especially to get to, to get other people involved in something that uh, that they may not be reading on a regular basis. Yeah, he's he's so polite, isn't he? Yes, he sent you an email, and kudos to Miguel for coming up with this idea. It's really cool, but yeah. I do believe I detect Papercut and Pat Loika's seed planted in this Ooh. this idea because if um, you'll recall, um, Dan C who goes by the name of Papercut on the forum, and Pat Loika bought up a whole bunch of copies of Criminal Number 1 and sent them out free to anyone who requested one. Yes. So you can you can see their seed in this. That's a disgusting yeah. thought. But it's, it's all about karma. It goes yes. around, comes around. Uh, Miguel's watering those, uh, those seeds, and uh, it's just, any way you slice it, it's a good deal. And underneath the Frapper map, go ahead and uh, add yourself to... Uh, our MySpace page, become a friend of ours on MySpace. Uh, big, big thank you to, uh, to, to Michelle, blonde Michelle on the forum who, uh, who takes care of our MySpace page and, uh, things are going to be added and moved around maybe a little bit here and there on, on that page. Uh, underneath MySpace, which is really cool because Vince has tons of friends on it already, is, uh, you can become a friend on Comic Space, which is, um, really taken off i've noticed josh the uh the creator the administrator of of comic space has made some changes here and there you can um add your location now you can uh, create friends lists and things like that and there have been a few changes here and there we've uh, we've gotten lots of private messages we've gotten a lot of um you can add comments to uh to, to the comic space page and actually the other day we had one from uh it looks like somebody hijacked Tom Cater's account and um, a Nigerian prince is asking us for uh, for money. <laughs> so we have to. I have to uh, take out my uh, checking account routing number and send it to him because I want to make sure that everybody is is well taken care of. Yeah, totally unexpected that that would come from uh, Tom Cater's. <laughs> I know. I, I you know he's got to keep his password more protected. He might be one of the type of people that you know tape their their password to their monitor so they never forget it. Yeah. I I do think the addition of the bulletins on comic space was a double-edged sword on the one hand it's really neat that you can contact everybody at once with a click of the button Mm -hmm. but on the flip side my bulletin repository is jammed with messages from just like everybody on on my friends list just you know uh announcing their comic and their podcast and you know jump on over to our website it's a neat idea but 
it's I could see where it could be easily abused. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. And and speaking of these bulletins, uh thanks to Logan. Uh Rom lives on the forum who made a public bulletin telling everybody to check out bullpen bulletins. Get out, he's a Yeah, yeah I saw that. You're right. Yeah. yeah, he is Nito Keen. And he's got a cool name, Logan. Look at that. So, yeah. And and not only does he have a cool name, but his avatar and his handle on our forum has to do with Rom. So go Rom lives. Yeah. You bet. There is and finally Dig, give us a dig. Uh, the fine gentlemen at dig.com have uh, created a section on their site that has to do with podcasts. And if there's a favorite podcast that you have, us uh, around comics, comic book noise, comics cast, any 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 web, any podcast that that's on available on uh, dig.com. Once you sign up and become a member on the dig.com site, and that's free. It takes nothing to to sign yourself up. You can. You can give a dig to your uh, to your favorite items, whether um, whether they're news or videos from the main site. But as far as podcasts go, you can uh, you can give a dig to your favorite podcasts, and uh, we'd appreciate as many digs as possible. It um, it seems to uh, seems to kind of it's 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 neat to see because every so often, every couple of days, I'll go back and I'll be like, hey, you know, there's another one. But uh, actually, I said finally, and I lied because we'd uh, we'd appreciate uh, iTunes reviews. We've uh, we've we had uh, we've had a couple, and uh, we'd we'd love to see some more. I enjoy hopping onto iTunes and uh, and seeing if anybody else, if, how many how many more messages, how many more iTunes reviews anonymous can leave us. <laughs> that guy gets He is around. a busy person. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, and another congratulations to Around Comics. If you go to iTunes currently on the uh, the podcast page, you'll see a big honking Around Comics logo on there. They're, they've been singled out as. Uh, a podcast of uh, quality, so good well deserved. For, yeah, good for them. Yes, even with Tom. Well, every podcast has a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means, but it sounded good. That's right. Uh, He'll tell, and, and Tom will tell you if it was in the if it was in the wrong vernacular. <laughs>
How's that? Uh, more, any more business to cover before we move on? Uh, let's see. We can. Um... You can always send us emails uh, at Vince at bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or David at the same address and tell us what you think about this uh, little dog and pony show. Yes. And and if uh, if you don't feel like sending us an email and you want to kind of stay anonymous or uh, or or keep keep your identity to yourself, uh, you can uh, fill out the survey and um, let us know how we're doing. And I, I'd appreciate that. Just uh, you know, likes, dislikes, how you think we're doing, and um, and anything else that it that it asks that you think is uh, is relevant. And while we're on the subject of listener opinions, let's read a couple emails. We don't do this enough. We should make it a habit every episode of at least reading one email because I, we have a backlog, a pretty thick backlog of these things. And uh, I know you had one that you wanted to read. Yes, there was one that uh, that came from from Jesse. Jesse Willis sent us a message. And uh, Jesse says, Hi, guys. I'm thinking of getting the trade paperbacks of Marvel Civil War. I like Captain America and Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. Do I need to buy all the trades to get the story, or can I just get my favorites? I want to follow the story, but I would like to have a few bucks left for the rest of my DCBS order. Well, Jesse, um, according to uh, according to Vince, he says, uh, actually, no, what you, you said to skip Captain by Wolverine. Kinda, but not, I, I don't mean to skip it, but if there was an order in which you would buy these things, I would definitely buy the Wolverine before the cap. But I mean, if it's in terms of you know shuffling money around to 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 uh, balance the DCBS budget, get the Wolverine first. But go ahead. I would, um, yeah, I would definitely say the Wolverine. I mean, even though, even if the Wolverine isn't isn't um, so crucial to Civil War, it's it tidies up a nice little section of um, of the story. I mean, it it really does. It and and it's it's just, it's the portion of it that that kicks off the whole event. And it and it takes place in Wolverine's book. I mean, it, and I'm going to be praising Mark Guggenheim for a while. And uh, and he wrote this. It was a, it was a fantastic story. Vince and I both love the art. Uh, don't care what you say, Derek. And the, <laughs> the the it was a great story. It was uh, was it six issues, of yes. Vendetta, and then and then the and, and then the epilogue. Epilogue. The um, but definitely Wolverine. Yes, let's definitely. See. Definitely amazing. Right. Let's hash this out in terms of essential Civil War trade paperbacks and or hardcovers and secondary, flesh out the story, but you don't really have to read them. And, so, and it, I'm going to dig out my Marvel previews because the majority of them are in this month's previews. Right. It's a no-brainer. You need the Civil War trade paperback proper to get the story. So that we won't even get into that. You'd consider that a given. I would also recommend the Road to Civil War if he doesn't have the Fantastic Four issues right. of the Illuminati and uh, what was it, Spider-Man? Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, so you got the Road let, to Civil War, Civil War proper. Right. Well, let's use the, the, the checklist, the handy-dandy checklist in Marvel Previews issue 41. 
Page 96. Page 96. First off, Road to Civil War. That's pretty essential, I would say. Yeah. Just the Hammer story alone from Fantastic Four um, will give you a better insight as to what happens later. So not to reveal anything, Road to Civil War is a definite. Ms. Marvel Volume 2, I, I don't think that's essential at all. I, I'm not reading any of it, and I know she's pro-reg, but I haven't read these stories yet, these issues, so I can't say if... I don't feel I'm missing anything by not reading them, but I don't know how essential they may be. Right. New Avengers Volume 5, Civil War. I've You've read a couple of them. Yes, and they are fantastic, well-written, well-drawn, just beautifully executed issues, but I do not think... Yes, they will give you a better understanding of how the characters think, but in terms of being crucial to understanding Civil War, no, I don't think so. And that'll save you a couple bucks because it's a hardcover. Right. Next up, Amazing Spider-Man. Yes. Yes, definitely. You you need to read that one. Absolutely. And again, you need to read the Fantastic Four one. That's another definite. Hopefully 541's not in it. I was just going to say, especially if they include 541. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, as far as Fantastic Four, it's it hasn't it's been part of it. I mean, obviously, Fantastic the, the Fantastic Four comic book has, especially when when you focus on um, in, in five forty, where you had the um, there was some some flowing between uh, Spider Man and and Civil War. Actually, no, the um, Fantastic Four and Spider Man kind of overlapped where Peter and Tony went to go visit Reed at the Baxter building so Peter can see what's going on I at think, the negative zone I think that, that was a brilliant was that fun? so that was Fantastic Four has had some really really good moments and you so, you need to know how Reed is thinking yeah yeah and it's it's well written not too crazy about the art but what are you going to do mm-hmm. but it, right that one is a definite and Although it pains me to say it because I think it's one of Marvel's, it was one of Marvel's better books. Thunderbolts is not essential. It's it's really fun read, and it offers you a glimpse into a strike force that will eventually come into play in the Marvel universe in a a, a wider scale, a more prominent position. But I don't think it's necessary. Eventually. Oh. I would recommend it. If you enjoyed Civil War and you wanted to get a, a deeper knowledge of the background stuff, I would definitely recommend it, but not initially, no. And okay. again, the same with Young Avengers and Runaways. Well done series, not really very important uh, to the big picture. Okay. Would you say? I see, and, and I miss, I, I'm not reading the, um, the Young, uh, Young Avengers Runaways mini or the, or the X-Men Civil War mini. And according to Daryl, he wasn't thrilled with the Young Avengers Runaways miniseries at all. It, it's probably something. I know, I know, I, I, I know. I, I, I'm faint st- surprise. I'm stunned. <laughs> but uh, I don't think that, I don't think this is a series. That, because first of all, Young Avengers is, is on hiatus right now anyway. I mean, the last time you read him was in volume two of the trade. And Runaways is great by itself I, I'm not you know again I haven't read this many so I don't know how well these two teams tie in to Civil War why they why they were involved I mean we haven't seen them 
we've seen Young Avengers as far as Patriot goes and, and Hulkling, and we've seen them in Civil War, but I don't recall seeing any of the Runaways in, in any of the Civil War minis. Let's give uh, Zeb Wells a little bit of credit. Pretty big shoes to fill. Brian, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn and Ellen Heinberg, they have created two of the most dynamic and interesting teams in the Marvel Universe in a long, long time. Yes. And for, for this guy to jump into a miniseries featuring both of them was no small feat. And Stefano Caselli's art, oh, man, it is gorgeous. I, I Is it? Oh, it's really good. Um, I initially held off on this. I waited a week till after the first issue came out to pick it up, solely based on Chris Neesman's recommendation. He said, Vince, you will love this book. And I bought it, and once again, he was right. So, and and I stuck with it for the four issues. It's really good. It's fun, but again, it's not not, not essential. No, okay. No. Uh, Black Panther. Now I am I am getting the uh, I I emailed Cameron and I added the uh, the Black Panther uh, one shot that holds the uh, the three issues that did tie in and or three I think it's three issues. So I I, I because I'm not getting. The Black Panther series at the moment, but I did. I, I do eventually want to get all the Civil War tie-ins. It's something that I'd like to do to get a bigger feel for the picture. I'm enjoying what I'm reading now, but I really want to get a feel for what everything that Marvel was attempting or trying or, or is doing with with the event. So I'm going to read it all. If I have to get some of the items in in one shot uh, packages like uh, like Black Panther, I'll do that because. Hell, it's it's like four bucks, five bucks for for three comics. So yeah. I'll get that. I'll read that. I'll get caught up as far as Black Panther's segment of it because they're also doing it for Casualties of War, Winter Soldier, Winter Kills, and War Crimes. They're putting all three of those issues in one book as well. Mm-hmm. I I lost track of Black Panther. I read the initial trade with the John Romita Jr. art. And of course you did. despite it looking fantastic, the story didn't really do anything for me, so I didn't stick with it. And uh, that's that's a, a gray area of the Marvel Universe. I know nothing what's going on in Wakanda. So Okay. So I can't really say if it's crucial or not, but I'm thinking it's... Well, I, I know he's married. Uh, yeah. He uh, definitely got a winner there, but uh, <laughs> I, I can't say that I really care. You know, maybe... Well, I'll... I'll read Storm and then I'll 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 read the wedding issue and I'll let you know if you should care. Right, Heroes for Hire, Volume One. I can't comment on that since I don't read the book. I have I think I have the first two issues because uh, our pal Troy, when he sent me the Daredevil art covers, he included the first two issues of Heroes for Hire. Uh, Civil War, Captain America versus Iron Man. Now, if you look at Marvel's solicitations for April, recently released on the net. This is not among the books listed, and it says in this previews that it's coming out in April, which I don't know who to believe. So, well, I think we have one thing we've realized with Civil War is that uh, shipping dates are subject to change. Right, and we can assume what's in this thing. Uh, probably casualties of war, the war crimes, and a few maybe other things. Um, if if that is the case, I would say yeah, you need to read this. I mean, if it says Captain America versus Iron Man, I would say read it just because it'll give you an idea as to the two, the two figureheads of the opposing sides. I mean, there's been one one issue in particular of of Captain America that was a Civil War tie, and I think it was twenty three. There wasn't a whole lot of cap in that issue, 
it was Bucky. It was a rather Winter Soldier, and he was talking to one person who we haven't seen in a while, which I thought was really freaking neat. Um, but there's been, I think, three issues of the Captain America Civil War tie-in. There's been however many of Iron Man. So if oh. you can get both yeah. sides in in one in one uh, in one package, I would definitely say pick it up. Uh, if it's got the um, Casualties of War, that's great. If it's got the Winter Kills, that's super. I, I'm I'm dying to read Winter Kills, and I'm I'm getting ready to because um, I, I finished issue four of Blade, so I believe that's that's what's going to be next on on my pile. Yeah, I think I realized what they did. If you look at this, there's a Civil War War Crimes trade at the bottom of the list. So I'm thinking that they mistitled this Captain America versus Iron Man. This is probably Civil War Captain America because nowhere in this list is Civil War Captain America and it's solicited for April. And neither is there a Civil War Iron Man. Right. So uh, that's probably the mistake. But, okay, so Civil War Captain America, which includes Winter Soldier, Winter Kills, and Cap 22 to 24. Um... Yeah, the, the flip a coin. Uh, very good stories, but would you say that they're essential? If you've been following Secret War, if you're the Secret War mini, then I might say, yeah, go ahead and pick up the Captain America trade. Okay, that's fair enough. If if it comes down to reading the Secret War Captain America trade and Wolverine, then you already have our answer. Right, there you go. And the next two, Frontline Book 1 and Book 2, absolutely pick those up. If there was um, one series that really increased my appreciation of the main Civil War book, it's Frontline. I think you'd agree on that? I've I've always said that. I would agree. And I've always said that I didn't. I, I never saw Frontline as a supplement or something that was just carrying the Civil War tag to it. I, I felt that they were... They were both necessary. That they, they complemented each other. You couldn't. I didn't. I didn't feel right having Civil War without Frontline. So, right. and anybody who's reading Frontline is already reading Civil War. So, so they were. They did work well together. Was Civil War firing on all cylinders? Not every issue. You mean or rather not not right? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Frontline wasn't was not my may have not been firing on all cylinders every every page. Um, I know you weren't thrilled with the whole Jack Ruby thing. Oh no! And <laughs> unnecessary. And and I think some people are getting a little turned off with some of the poems at the uh, yeah. in the last few pages of the book and some of the issues. There were some things that uh, I was I was a little taken aback by Miss Sally Floyd in issue nine when she went to go uh, follow Steve the Bum to his little hideout and her reaction to him. I Maybe it was because it's been a while since since I read between 8 and 9 that it just it threw me for a loop, but I wasn't expecting her that reaction to her. But again, Paul Jenkins has had a lot. In, in, I mean, every, every issue has been at least two or three stories, except for 10. It was cut in half with, uh, with, with Robbie Baldwin and Sally Floyd and Ben Urich, so that was two stories in that issue. But for the most part, every, 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 the first nine have either been three or four stories in each book, and it's all been Paul Jenkins. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's had a lot to do. 
it was, it was very broad. He had a lot of characters to work with. He had a lot of story to deal out. And, and you know, things might fall through the cracks sometimes. Yeah. So uh, that's a, a yay for the two frontline books, by all yes. means. A big nay for Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Which well, I wouldn't. I I say I'd say nay as far as Civil War right now. Yeah. It's it was the um, if this is if this is both um, friendly neighborhood and sensational with with friendly neighborhood we have Spider Man unmasked and and actually we have Peter David writing Spider Man and you have um, you have the whole Deb Whitman and uh, which is a neat little story because of her her involvement with Peter Parker years ago and. Um, it's the sensational from Civil and War. it is it is because he's he's uh but it's it's just something different it's not so heavy because amazing spider-man is is so knee deep in it that that can be a heavy read but but friendly neighborhood is is just a little bit of a different take like like Vince said it's the fallout it's it's the after effects um it's Peter trying to get by with everything else that's going on right now and sensational spider-man is um the three stories are uh, the women of uh of Spider-Man's life with Mary Jane, Aunt May, and uh, Felicia Hardy, the Black Hat. Right, and anyone familiar with Spider-Man, the Spider-Man universe, knows these characters already. These were good stories, but in in the big picture, you can uh, hold off. I, I don't want to call them filler because they were more than that. But in terms of where do I spend my money, you could spend it in better places. Later on, maybe pick it up, but it's yeah. not it's not necessary. And I would say the exact same thing about the X-Men trade paperback. If you pay the mortgage and the car payment and go out to dinner and spend money on needless things, and maybe if you have a couple bucks left over, buy the X-Men. But no, it, absolutely not. It was probably the last series I would ever recommend for anyone who wants to get into Civil War. The link was tenuous at best. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, moving up, we have Wolverine. Yes. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. One of the best reads in a long time. Very surprising. Uh, I mentioned a few episodes back that I had stopped buying Wolverine for a long, long, long time. Came back into it with this series, and I was not disappointed. Really, really good stuff. And I think I think even if you take away the Civil War tag on the cover, it still reads like a great Wolverine story. He's hunting someone who did something very bad, and he's playing detective, and he's trying to get to the bottom of things. It's a great story regardless. You don't need the Civil War context around it, I don't think. Right. But when you do read it, it uh, a lot of the uh, events of the main Civil War book make a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Okay. Uh, Civil War X-Men Universe. I don't know what that is. I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, because and, we already have the mini, but I mean, what else is there? And we all, well, we did. this person does not know, but the X-Men decided to sit Civil War out, so to speak. So no, I, I would, I would say no, that's it. Uh, so I, I can't say what's in there, so I can't. I can't recommend it. As in the same thing with Civil War Companion, Civil War Marvel Universe, uh, I don't know what's in those. So uh, Marvel Universe, yeah, I'm not sure what's in that. The Companion's probably the the Secret Wars files of, uh, or the the Civil War files that that Tony oh. Stark had that one shot, right? And then the uh, and then the Fallout for last month, where uh, 
where you have um, like a battle report yes. or something along those lines. Okay, then uh, yeah, okay, I'm going to re uh, rework my opinion on that. I would say that would fall somewhere in the middle because that that guidebook was great. Yeah, it was really yeah, good. I, I kind of like those guidebooks though, as as uh, as single issues. I don't know if I'd want to read a book like that in a trade, or I want to have that type of book in a trade. It might it might be neat for reference material, but that, I mean to to read it, I think I'd want it in a comic book. Yes, yeah, so that's what I was just going to say. The archivist and the completist in me would immediately say yes, by all means, pick that up. It's a treasure trove of information, but uh, we're talking comics here, so yeah. I still put that somewhere in the middle. I would still say that. Okay. Yeah. And Civil War War Crimes, uh, most definitely by that. It probably has the uh, the book it's named after, the War Crimes one-shot, and it probably has the uh, Casualties of War one-shot in it, which both of those. With War Crimes, I didn't expect much going in, and I got a hell of a story, a couple of surprises, a return of someone who I haven't seen in quite a while, and the death of someone completely unexpected. Oh, yes, it's really, really good. I uh, don't judge a book by its cover. The cover is pathetic. It's horrible, it but is. yes, but the the uh, the guts of the book are superb. Uh, Frank Thierry did a, a magnificent job on the story, um, and Staz Johnson's art was. And like I said, totally unexpected. It was very accomplished, very old school. Um, I got a, a Sal Buscema kind of feeling from it, oh, uh, nice. a Lee, Lee Weeks kind of vibe. It's really, really solid. And uh, I think you know who inked it, Mr. Tom Palmer. <laughs> it's you know uh, a better. But it's definitely got that old school vibe. Yes, it's fantastic. I can't wait till you jump into that. Okay, and cool basically shows you the lengths to which Cap and Tony will go to push their sides, their agendas, their their teams, and both fighting for what they think is right. It's really good. Good stuff. Oh, baby. Get it. <laughs> well, this guy with TV gets through here. Ready? Now, this is Dean Martin. And Jerry Lewis with a reminder to see our newest and funniest motion picture ever, The Caddy. Oh, he's right, folks. Come on and join the fun in the most righteous 90 minutes of how... Righteous? Where the fuck do you see righteous? That's riotous, you greaseball. Righteous. What is this, a religious picture? I ain't up. This is religious Martin and Jerry Lewis. Well, there's five fucking lines we can't get through it. So I feel like we covered that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to read an email. I have no idea who this is from. This was was dumped into our uh, inbox by someone called PCastJunkie69. Oh, I think I like them already. (laughs) And and, uh, they go on to say, I have decided to unsubscribe from your podcast because of the continued delays of both Bullpen Baloney Pen and Civil War. (laughs) as a comic book fan of more years than I can remember I feel that I am entitled to my entertainment being delivered in a timely manner 
I know that I am just one small voice in a crowd of millions listeners. That's true. And you probably won't read this. Well, you're wrong there. If at some point I realize that I live in a small and very sad life, I may come back to your podcast and give you some of my ideas on how to make the show I would like. Well, <laughs> I, guess, I guess you can't win them all. But, I mean, it's funny. And uh, it, it does express uh, the feelings of some people out there. Uh, what are you going to do? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say that we have absolutely no control over delays of Civil War oh, or yes. Marvel Comics. Yeah, yes, we do. They consulted with me on... on uh, oh, yeah, they did? No, we don't have any control. <laughs> I, if, if, if you really have to leave because... Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I mean... I, I said we're, we talk about Marvel, so if if you enjoy what we're talking about, if you enjoy Marvel comics, if you used to enjoy Marvel comics, if you want to know from other people that might be enjoying them, then give a listen. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, we're not. Now I, I'm not going to lie. Comic books are a very very big part of my life. Obviously, I mean I invest a lot of time on the on the on the web on the message boards uh, in this podcast in in my personal life comic books have always been at the forefront of my existence they're what i love they're one of the only things i love and in the end i'm perfectly comfortable admitting they're just comic books i mean it's entertainment if if something is delayed, my world will not come crashing down upon me. I mean, I have a lot of distractions in the, quote, real world. Um, I have children. I have a wife. I have a, a, a job. You know, I mean, if your book is late by a couple of weeks, does it really matter all that much? Uh, I, 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 I don't get it. But um, in fact, I don't know what's going to be in my DCBS box until I open it. You know, I, I don't right. I don't look at the list and say, oh, God damn, Civil War is going to be late. The only time I look at it is Wednesday morning when I check to see what I'm not getting and what I need to pick up. That's it. Just because I can't remember what comes out when. Right. But, um, I, you know, I, I mean, there are various circumstances where somebody needs their books on time. I, I understand that. But I, I don't think you should... Um, live and die yeah, well I, I don't think that you should because you're only sliding yourself I mean Marvel's putting out a lot of and, good, good work and thank you thank you and that's where I, if, if something is late like you just mentioned your DCBS box and opening it up if Civil War is not in there my way of thinking is if Civil War is not in there okay but you know what is Criminal Annihilation Blade Essential Defenders Volume 2 <laughs> oh, can't wait to hear about that. Yeah, well, I, I think I'll save that for next time because we are we're running kind of long. Okay. But, but uh, I mean, if if you can't get a current Marvel book because their schedules have changed, there are essentials out there with fantastic work. Pick up The Howard the Duck Trade by Steve Gerber and Gene Colan. Uh, you know, in terms of solidly crafted comic books and just – it does not get too much better than that. It's true. You know, there there are a million Marvel books out there to read. You don't need to to hinge your entire existence on current books. Masterworks. I mean, Kirby and, and Stan Lee or Ditko and Stan Lee. They're a reason why they call them masterworks because they're some of the most finely crafted stories ever. Mm -hmm. Go backwards instead of 
going forwards. There's a million things to read, and yeah, get 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 caught up. You know, yeah. It's this way. This way, you have some backstory. You have some foundation of these characters, right? And or try a book you may not have tried otherwise, like Ghost Rider, which is Ooh. which is really really good. I'm surprised. Or Marvel Max Punisher, or maybe one of the the Dable Brothers books would float your boat. There, there's so much Marvel to read. You, or how about the Ultimate line, Ultimate Spider-Man? Never late. There's a. a a gazillion issues of it out there. You know, hardcover, trade paperback, there's always something to read from Marvel. Ant-Man, Astonishing X-Men. Yes. Yeah, you definitely have. You, you, there's always Fantastic Four, the end. Or try the M2 line, which I don't think it's called the M2 line anymore. Not but, anymore, no. But, you're showing your age. Yeah, but Amazing Spider-Girl or Avengers Next. The Digest, you can you can pick up uh, a nice maybe 50, 60 issue run of Amazing Spider-Girl, which was called Spider-Girl in the initial run, for like seven ninety nine a pop, maybe say four fifty with a, a healthy discount. And there's a lot of good reading there, a lot of fun, entertaining comics. So it's not all doom and gloom. Let's smile, people. Just because it's late does not mean it's over. There you go. Yeah. Well said. How about that? You need a bomb. Sweet dreams tonight, Buttercup. (laughs) I'm sleeping on my back. (laughs) And you have one more to read, right? I do, I do. This is uh, this is from a gentleman, and I, I apologize if uh, if if I butcher your last name. It's from it's from Matt Carrier, C A R R I E R E. He says, Vincent David, I have two points to make today. I do understand that many Americans do not like George W. Bush. Really, Hell, I'm Canadian. It's so much worse up here. <laughs> the strange thing is. The blindness that results from his hatred. The Registration Act was passed in Congress. Both the Senate and the House had a chance to vote on it, and I'm sure it passed easily. Now Stark, Reed, and the Thunderbolts all work for the American government. Hank Pym and Reed Richards cloned Thor. Cloned. George W. Bush would never support human cloning. And you can't use the work around that Thor is not human, because I suspect this wouldn't matter to President Bush. My other point is a response to the pro-reg guy you had on the Civil War Number 5 podcast. Derek, <laughs> I believe. Yes. When exactly was Captain America supposed to challenge this law? The secret Avengers that are captured are not tried. They just grab them and stick them in the negative zone. On that point alone, their imprisonment is unjust and unconstitutional. I love this guy. <laughs> or, in closing, <laughs> I love the show, guys. Keep up the good work. Right. Well, thank you, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I can Get I, Skype. Can I? Yeah, really. Can I adjust one part of this? Um, when he says uh, the Congress, uh, the Senate, and the House had a chance to vote on it, and I'm sure it passed easily. There's a reason why it passed easily, as in the real world, why the Patriot Act passed relatively easily was because there were disastrous, catastrophic, world-changing events that greased the wheels, so to speak of the uh, legislation process. In the Marvel Universe, it was the Stanford incident. And in, yes. in, in uh, the, the real world, it was the World Trade Center incident. Uh, both devastating, just world-changing events. And 
when you have something of that magnitude, it, people that is going to stay fresh in people's minds for a long, long time. And some say uh, that it altered the course of society forever, and I, I, I believe that. But um, and whatever the case in both instances, who instigated the events? Uh, I'm not about to say, but uh, yeah, so that's why those things passed. And when somebody sees a building fall in their backyard, killing thousands of people and the people in charge say, this is who's responsible for this. It's very easy to hate those people. And in the Marvel universe, Tony Stark says these untrained, untrained, uh, green uh, superheroes are the reason why this happened. They were not prepared for this. They're responsible for this devastation. We need to fix this. People are... It's not going to take a leap of faith to believe this person. So right. that, I think that's why they pass so easily. But um, blindness and hatred go hand in hand. Yeah. I think. I think you're right. Yeah. And um, do you have any comments about what he has to say about... Uh, our little tete-a-tete with Derek, which I thought was great. I'd love to. Oh, I him. loved it. Yeah. I love it. He's, 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 he's got to come back. I know he's, uh, he's, he's working on his, his schedule. He's, uh, he's doing a lot of things for comic book noise, which, which you need to listen to. Yeah. Not too much flexibility in, in Derek's schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I, there, there are some, maybe it's wrong of me. There are just some things that I'm looking at in this series that I'm taking at face value that I'm taking that this is, this happened because it had to happen this way. You know, again, we've it, we had threads on the well, we had a thread on the forum regarding the episode that um, that Derek was on, and it went on for a couple of pages because people were getting a little heated, and and yeah. and it was a great, it was a lively discussion. But people were like, okay, well, if he did this, when could he do it, and and when could when did when was this supposed to happen, and how would he do this, and if he picked up the phone and he can't call She Hulk, and yeah. It was it was great, and I there are times that I would think that if if he didn't do it in the comic, not off panel, not in between issues, but if he didn't do it in the comic, it's because he couldn't, he didn't have time, he wasn't able to. I just I accept that. Yeah, and and and, and maybe at times I should kind of dig a little bit and go, well, wait, what about this? And I and I noticed myself doing that today, changing comics with spider-man rain i, I kind of honed in a little bit i, I had a beat on on what what carrie andrews was doing in this book and, and and some of the some certain phrases and words popped out at me for whatever reason maybe it's because i'm just i'm a lifelong spider-man fan or just for whatever reason i mean this is a great story to begin with. Well, we're definitely spotlighting this when all four issues are out. Yeah, but it, it, it's kind of hard not to side with the with who he wants to be the good guy when you have this fascist police state beating up on children, right? But, you know, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, so it's it, but but getting back to, to to the Civil War and and you know when he could have done this and 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 everybody. What I'm really enjoying about Civil War is that everybody has an opinion on what they should have done. Not, I'm, I'm, and what the characters, what the heroes should have done, or why couldn't they do this, or but shouldn't they have tried that? You're right. You're exactly right. And, and, and I'm loving it for that reason. Alone. Right, right. And because of this, see, you can talk about Civil War and say, 
yes, these actions are unconstitutional. You have to do a little bit of research and find out what is unconstitutional and why you think they're unconstitutional. And this is the real world, whether it's comic book characters or not. There is, you're assuming that the Constitution is the same in the Marvel Universe, and you're getting an, an, a knowledge and you're, you're increasing other people's knowledge of what is right as when it concerns human beings as far as their rights and that's valuable discussion it's not what happened when this character punched this dimensional wall and you know (laughs) that that's just like who can win thor or superman who cares but but this is valuable discussion and that's why civil war is so important to me other than um the comics themselves because in the art and the writing it's it's real world stuff it's valuable important necessary fundamental discussions that everyone should have if 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 we questioned our government as much as the people who are questioning the marvel universe we would not be in the predicament we're in now oh definitely not that's another story but uh yeah so and and who's to say derek was wrong is i i i would recommend matt that you search our archives, and you probably already have heard it, but anyone else who wants to hear it, um, download the episode we did with Derek. It's a winner. It's really good. We'd have a good time with it. Yes. Yeah. So. No, uh, means, I, it, it's yeah. You're right. I mean, it's not. It's not. A, it's not your typical Marvel heroes meet have a have a mis- misunderstanding, beat each other up, and everybody's fine at the end of the issue. This right. is. It, this isn't your typical Marvel event, and. Yeah, maybe that's why so many people are a little pissed at the delays or how things are going because they just they were expecting something else or they were they invested time and these are characters that they believe in or have grown attached to and they're it's it's working. Yeah. I don't I don't know what else to say. I think it's a sign of quality uh, when people complain that they don't have the next issue because they they're enjoying it to the point where they want more. You know, it's not. I don't see anybody complaining uh, when Hawk Girl's late, or you know. (laughs) Sorry, but I. It has to be said. It's. It's just. It's very compelling comics, and it's. People want it. I can understand that. Yeah. Don't sell the barn because the horse ran away. Just. uh, Oh, we'll let Chris on the show. Get another horse, you know. (laughs) <laughs> or better, or better yet, how, how about a couple cows? Maybe a couple goats. You know, there's there's, goats. there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of animals out there in the Marvel universe, so to speak. Yeah, I think we we uh, this one has run its course. <laughs> Sound like you're losing some steam, there, buddy. Yeah, it's it's getting late. I think uh, yeah, um, I think I, I think we've said everything we needed to say. Yeah. I don't think the Grandmaster is going to show up at the end of Civil War and, and uh, say it was you know it was all just a game. Oops, no, it's, it's going to have lasting consequences in the Marvel universe, and it damn it, it's worth waiting for. So shut up. Pcast Drunky Sixty Nine. That's right. There you go. If you have joined us for the first time, thank you very much for coming by, and we hope Thanks you will. Thanks for putting up with us. Yes, we hope you will join us again. And for the old timers, I hope there was something in here for you to enjoy. I think there was. Um, next episode, we will present, as I said before, the first part of our discussion with Rick Gordon of the Pop Cult Online and the great 
Kevin Moyer of CGS. And Rick's kind of great, too, in his own way. <laughs> um, so j- join us for that. And I'm going to talk about Essential Defenders Volume 2 that I get, didn't get a chance to do today. And I'm sure David will have something he wants to, to uh, ramble on about as he does so well. So uh, join yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, I promise to streamline some things, folks. So That so, should cut the show down another 45 minutes. Yeah, it'll only be three hours and 15 minutes next time. <laughs> so thank you for being here, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.